see trees of green, red roses too, I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, I see skies of blue, clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the warm sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of a rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll know much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. What's going to happen? Will everything be okay? What can I do? In these days, we find ourselves too often stuck with these questions on repeat. What's going to happen? Will everything be okay? What can I do? We grasp at signs and markers, articles of news and analysis, Facebook memes and forwarded emails as if they're the new Zodiac, capable of forecasting all that life may yet bring our way as if we could prepare, as if life had ever made any promises of making sense or turning out the way we thought, as if we are not actors too in this still unfolding story. For this hour, we gather to surrender to the mystery, to release ourselves from the needing to know, the yearning to have it all already figured out, and also the burden of believing we either have all the control or no control at all. Here in our songs and our silence, our stories and our sharing, we make space for a new breath, a new healing, a new possibility to take root that is courage, forged in the fire of our coming together and felt in the spirit that comes alive in this act of faith, that we believe still a new world is possible and that we are creating it already, here and now. So come, let us worship together. These opening words by Unitarian Universalist Minister Gretchen Haley welcome all those who've gathered on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to friends and visitors who are with us today, 
also anyone who might be listening in via our podcast or watching on YouTube at a later date. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. If anyone's with us for the first time today, especially glad to have you with us, welcome. Hope you find something of what you need in our gathering this morning. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat if you can, or maybe drop us an email to say hello and introduce yourself if you'd like. Or you might try coming along to one of our various small group gatherings to get to know us better. If you're a regular here, of course, welcome and thank you for all you do to welcome all those who come. We all have a part to play in co-creating this sacred space and this sense of community. As we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable this hour. It's always lovely to see your faces in the gallery and get a sense of our togetherness as a congregation, but we know for some it will feel more comfortable to keep your camera off and that is just fine. Similarly, there'll be opportunities to join in as we go along, but uh, they're invitations, not obligations. There's no compulsion to do anything. You can quietly lurk with our blessing and you know how to find us if you want to get in touch later on. So this morning's service is titled The Stories We Tell Ourselves. We'll be reflecting on the ways in which we choose our, to frame our experience of life in all its complexity, how the ways we choose to frame it have an ability to shape how we live. Uh, they impact our ability to live well and to respond to the very real challenges that we face. How might we find hope and resist despair through narrative without becoming totally detached from reality? This theme was suggested by our very own Patricia Brewerton, who will be offering her excellent reflections later on in the service. Before we go any further, though, I will light our chalice as we do each time that we gather. This simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and it reminds us of the proudly progressive historic tradition of which this gathering is part. This chalice lit amongst us is a beacon. A beacon of hope for a fragmented world in crisis. A beacon of possibility made manifest in community. A beacon of warmth felt through our interconnection. A beacon of light illuminating our shared human wisdom. A beacon of connection sensed in this precious time together. Let's take all those joys and concerns that we heard expressed, all those little windows into our shared human condition, and let's hold them and each other in a spirit of loving kindness as we move into a time of prayer and reflection now. You might want to get more comfortable, adjust your position. There might be a posture that helps you to feel more prayerful. Whatever works for you, you might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Focus on a candle flame. Do whatever you need to do to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now. To be fully present with ourselves, with each other, and with that which is both within us and beyond us. This prayer is based on words by Mandy McLean. Spirit of life, God of all love, 
in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune in to your holy presence within us and amongst us. We know so many stories about you. God, Father, Mother, Universe, Great Spirit, Ground of our being, Lover and Beloved, Source of all. We know so many stories about ourselves too. Some of them the same stories that we tell about others beautiful, ugly, caring, careless, simple, difficult, kind or mean, smart or foolish, useful, useless. Stories about who we are, what we know, and the potentials and impossibilities of our future. Stories about the purpose and the meaning of our lives. We have countless stories buried too deep in our souls for us to even recognise them. Help us find the strength to excavate those buried stories. Let us lean on one another as we brush them off, hold them to the light and find their proper meaning and use. Let us uncover the stories which rekindle hope and courage. In the trees and the wind, in the kind words of our neighbours, in the warmth of the sun and the gentle sound of falling rain, whisper to us the truest story you know, a truth we can never unhear. Remind us each day, each moment, that we are beloved. When so much of our world is groaning with fatigue and injustice, we are invited to turn to God and to one another, to turn to the oneness at the heart of all, We're not meant to carry the struggles of this world alone. So let us share together in prayer all that troubles our hearts. In a few moments of stillness now, let us call to mind those sufferings and struggles that weigh on our hearts this day. And let us hold them gently in the light of love. That larger love that holds all. Just as we are not meant to shoulder the world's pain alone, we are equally invited to delight with one another in the joys that sustain us. 
for the beauty that grows around us and within despite everything. We give thanks for the gifts of sharing and those relationships that transform and sustain us. We give thanks for art and music and stories and truths that foster love and connection. We give thanks for every source of hope and courage in the face of all that makes us anxious and afraid. We give thanks. And in a few more moments of stillness, let us call to mind some of the many gifts we've been given in the week just past. And let us inwardly treasure these blessings, large or small, in a spirit of gratitude. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time for us to sing together. Our first hymn today is Gather the Spirit. It speaks of the strength and the hope we might gain simply by gathering together. The words will be on screen so you can sing along or you might prefer just to listen. We will do our best to make sure you're all muted so nobody else will hear you.
These are excerpts from Challenging the Negative Stories We Tell Ourselves by Patrick Tester. Stories are an important part of how we view the world and our lives. And the narrative we tell ourselves, the inner dialogue we have about who we are impacts how we interpret our experiences and respond to life's challenges. Our perception of the world is shaped by the stories we tell ourselves. We all have an internal narrative about who we are. This inner monologue often runs continuously, sometimes in the background or quite loudly, interpreting our experiences and offering opinions on the decisions we make. It informs our sense of self. Sometimes self-talk can be constructive and life-affirming, providing us with the perspective to bounce back from challenges and the resiliency to navigate life's ups and downs. But self-talk can also become distorted, creating a consistently negative point of view that's detrimental to our mental and emotional health. Our inner critic can trick us into believing stories that aren't true. For example, self-limiting thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I always mess things up, or it won't work out. Thoughts influence how we feel. And what we habitually think will affect how we habitually feel. So if we have a negative inner dialogue, we will start to act out behaviors and ways of approaching life that make us depressed, unhappy and unfulfilled. Don't believe all the stories you tell yourself. How you feel about your life and the meaning of experiences in it depends on your focus. Our internal narrative is like a radio station. If you want to hear something different, you need to change the channel. We can do this by fostering greater awareness of our inner dialogue. Start by trying to observe the thoughts and emotions that arise throughout the day without judging, reacting, or engaging with them. Practicing mindfulness can be helpful in cultivating acceptance of your experiences instead of labeling them as good or bad. Your feelings 
no matter how uncomfortable, are not you. Second, challenge negative self-talk and cognitive distortions when they arise. When you find that your inner critic is starting to appear, replace disparaging statements with self-compassion and understanding. Adopting a more empathetic and kinder tone towards yourself can also help to change how you feel. This allows us to begin the process of telling ourselves a different story. One that will allow us to better manage life in a healthy, balanced way without falling into the trap of comparing ourselves to idolized versions of what we see in movies and on social media. Our life will include mistakes and challenges, but we all have the power to flip the script on how we think about and react to the events we experience. While we may not have a perfect ending, by rewriting our inner narrative, we can foster a more hopeful mindset that we can draw on. In even the most difficult of circumstances, and that story is the one we deserve to hear. Thanks, Rachel. So we're moving now into a time of meditation. To take us into the stillness, I'm going to offer a short excerpt from a book of Hasidic tales by Rabbi Rami Shapiro. This is on the power of storytelling to shape our lives. His words will be followed by a few minutes of shared stillness, during which we'll have a virtual chalice on the screen. And the silence will end with another song from Marilisa. I think this one will be a bit louder. So let's each do again what we need to do to get comfortable, have a wiggle, maybe put your feet flat on the floor so you can help to ground and steady yourself, maybe close your eyes. And as I always say, the words, the images, the music, they're just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. So some words from Rami Shapiro. The quality of our lives depends to a great degree on the kind of stories we tell. Miserable people tend to tell stories of woe. Joyous people tend to tell stories of hope. The question we must ask is this, do our tales reflect the personality of the teller or do they create it? Does the tale mirror the teller or does the teller come to resemble the tale? The safest answer of course is that it's a bit of both. But my own experience as a rabbi and a storyteller is that the tale has a greater power than the teller. The stories we tell about ourselves determine the quality of the selves we imagine we are. The stories we tell about others determine the quality of our relationships with them. Stories are creative acts of world making. When we tell a story about ourselves, we create the self about which we are talking. Words by Rami Shapiro. 
And as we move into shared stillness now, I invite you to reflect on the kinds of stories that you are telling yourself, about yourself, about your life, about those people who are close to you, about the world we're living in and our prospects for the future. Are they tales of woe or tales of hope? Our stories are creative acts of world making. and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere I've looked at clouds that way 
But now they only block the sun They rain and snow on everyone So many things I would have done But clouds got in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now From up and down And still somehow it's clouds illusions I recall I really don't know clouds at all Moons and tunes and ferris wheels The dizzy dancing way you feel As every fairy tale comes real I've looked at love that way But now it's just another show You leave them laughing when you go And if you care, don't let them know Don't give yourself away I've looked at love from both sides now From give and take And still somehow it's love's illusions I recall I really don't know love at all Tears and fears and feeling proud To say I love you right out loud Dreams and schemes and circus crowds I've looked at life that way But now old friends are acting strange They shake their heads, they say I've changed But something's lost and something's gained In living every day I've looked at life from both sides now From win and lose and still somehow it Life's illusions I recall I really don't know life at all Keeping Our Connection Strong by Sean Parker Dennison I feel like I'm on a constant hunt for hope these days. I have to be. Every time I look at my phone or open my laptop, I'm overwhelmed by stories of breakdown, unrest, injustice, violence, greed, selfishness, and disrespect for life. When I listen to my friends and loved ones or to conversations in coffee shops, it feels like everyone is dispirited and disheartened, and that is dangerous. The danger of hopelessness is a double danger. First, hopelessness makes us feel it's useless to take action. It fools us into believing there's nothing we can do, that our efforts won't make a difference. Once we abandon hope, there's no stopping the momentum of the unscrupulous, those who are willing to cooperate with evil in order to get ahead. The other danger of hopelessness is that we can lose each other 
in times of hopelessness, it's easy to get scared of everything and everyone. It's easy to start believing that your neighbor is the problem and that hoarding is a better strategy than generosity. The problem is that when community starts to break down, we lose the most important source of hope we have, each other. The message of hope that still blazes bright for me in these hard times is that I am not alone. I don't have to face the world alone and I don't have to fix the world alone. When I need hope, I find it on the faces of my people. I find it in their hearts. When we find each other again and stop turning away from each other, thinking we are the only one. I find it when we come together in community to bless one another, to share our stories, to mourn, to strategize. All we need is hope. And for that, we have each other. Sean Parker Dennison concludes with a few words of prayer. Spirit of life and love. In these times when so much seems difficult, help us remember that we are not alone. We have each other. Help keep our connection strong and remind us that kindness, generosity and trust are antidotes to fear. Help us remember that our hope and our power grow when we are faithful to our deepest commitments and to each other. May we rise up to do the work of love again and again. Amen. Stories we tell ourselves. Two things prompted my renewed interest in this topic. The first was a worrying conversation I had with my great niece, and the other, an article in The Observer, which sort of helped explain it. It has been suggested that we are the stories we tell ourselves. And the most obvious of these are probably stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. We have so many memories and we strive to string all those words and images going round and round in our heads into a narrative which we can tell to ourselves and then perhaps retell to others. And if we are the story we tell of ourselves, we would choose carefully what we include in that story. We will want it to reflect our best self, the self we think we are, or the self we want others to think we are. And a glance into the window of any bookshop shows how many people are compelled to write their stories in order to explain to themselves and to their readers who they really think they are. Our memories are a great resource of anecdotes from which we can write our lives. We know more or less what we did, what we said, and how we reacted to various events. 
and so we know what we would wish to include in the story or what to leave out. But we also tell ourselves stories about the future. And these are more complicated because obviously we don't know how they will turn out. Some of these are merely dreams, such as that of a friend who as soon as he retired last year, started to learn Greek. He plans to cycle from his home in Worthing on the South Coast through France and Italy and then to tour Greece. Each time he speaks of his trip, it becomes more and more adventurous. I don't think it matters to him if he can never actually do this. And maybe it would be better that it remains a story he tells himself. That way, nothing can go wrong. The stories we tell ourselves about the future depend to some extent on the stories we ourselves are told. Since the 1960s, feminist critics have explored the effect of well-known fairy stories on young girls and probably explains why, when I was young, I told myself a story in which I would become a beautiful woman and win the hand of a handsome prince. And then there are the stories we are told every day by newspapers, radio and television. This is how during this pandemic, we became aware of much that is wrong. And it is evident that things need to change. There seems to be a real desire to build back better. But telling the narrative of that story appears to be much more difficult than recognizing what is wrong in our past story. And this brings me back to the two events which prompted these thoughts in the first place. That conversation with my great niece and the article which explains it. Anna is a lively, politically engaged young woman in her early 20s. And I was quite taken aback when she claimed that her generation had no future anyway. This was around the time of COP26, and I knew exactly what she was thinking. And deep down, or rather not so deep down, I feared she might be right. I had no words for her. Nothing I could say would change how she viewed her future or lack of future. So I said nothing. I was reminded of this conversation when I came across the article in The Observer. The writer objected to the violently dystopian vision of the future contained in a paper entitled, Advice to Young People as They Face Annihilation. He objects to what he calls self-defeating pessimism. This pessimism, this hopelessness, is not only very damaging to the individual, but telling people that there is no future or only a future so terrifying that no one would want to live it is damaging to a society needing change. Change only happens when people believe it is possible, not when people are fed stories of despair. To the environmentalist George Monbiot, it seems as if we are trapped in a groundhog day 
constantly repeating the same mistakes and retelling the same desperate stories. But, he writes, you cannot take away someone's story without giving them a new one. And there are, of course, many hopeful stories around. But these often seem too small and insignificant, too local perhaps, to make a real difference when things seem as dark as they do to Anna. The film Sort of the Earth, about the Brazilian photographer Sebastian Salgado, is a real story of hope, a story of light coming out of the deepest darkness. Salgado traveled the world, telling the stories of oppressed peoples in his monochrome, photogra monochrome photographs. There are photos recording all the most horrible events of the last few decades, the famine and the wars. But it was the genocide that occurred during the civil war in Rwanda that brought him to his darkest place. At this point in the film, he turns to the camera and speaks of his loss of faith in humanity. He says he no longer believes in any salvation for our species. Fortunately, the film doesn't end there. Compelled by his father's ill health, Salgado has to return home to the cattle farm in Brazil. But now there are no trees and no pasture. The soil has died. Perhaps in order to lift his spirits, his wife Lelia suggests that they replant the rainforest. And so they begin planting little seedlings. The tiny seedlings lined up in the greenhouses don't look as if they could ever survive being planted in the ground. And in the first planting, 60% are lost. And then in the second, 40%. But by the time the film was made in 2014, two and a half million trees had been planted. Water sources were flowing again and the wildlife had returned. The man whose pictures had told us so many terrible stories now shares one great story with us. The destruction of nature can be reversed. The final scenes in the film are filled with the beauty of nature and we see Salgado walking in the forest that he and Lelia have replanted. According to the American historian and writer Rebecca Solnit, we need more imagination. We need imagination if we are to fully understand the perils facing us. The recent Netflix production, Don't Look Up, imagines the climate crisis as a comet hurtling towards Earth and threatening the destruction of the planet. The two scientists who discover the comet try to warn people of what is inevitable, but no one really wants to hear their story. But we also need imagination if we're going to do anything about the crisis we face. And the film shows that there is a way out of disaster. It is still possible to avert the crisis, but it needs imagination and will. Lelia and Sagaldo didn't know 
if it was possible to replant the Atlantic rainforest, but they imagined that it would be possible and had the will to make it happen. I don't know if this story of the renewal of the forest would convince Anna that her generation does have a future. And maybe I'm just being naively optimistic, but the future isn't written yet. There is a story still to be told. Monbio claims that those who tell the story rule the world. If we really do want to live in a more just and peaceful and sustainable world, Monbio is right, then we need to write that future now. Stories of hope to tell to ourselves and then to tell to others. Amen. Thanks so much, Patricia, for your marvellous reflection and for suggesting this excellent theme. I think some of your themes are picked up by our final hymn today, quite a stirring one to end on. What shall we say to them? Performed by the Unitarian Music Society. Just a few announcements this morning. Uh, thanks again to Patricia for such a great reflection. Thanks to Rachel and to Chloe for our readings and to Marilisa for three lovely songs. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service as usual, so you can stay and chat if you'd like to. But as I said at the start, if that's not your thing, do get in touch via email if you want to say hello. If you can bear to hang around, we do like to take a group photo after the closing music. Next Sunday, we're planning to hold an in-person service, which will be led by Sarah Tinker, so that I can be in charge of the technical arrangements. 
Uh, this is going to be live streamed via Zoom in the same way that we did back in December. I apologise, but it's still not going to be fully hybrid. Uh, we were due to have our new sound system installed last week, but the team had to postpone due to COVID related staff shortages, which I guess is happening all over the place at the moment. So we're going to make do with the homespun setup we used last time for live streaming once again next week. This does mean that people joining via Zoom won't be able to fully interact with joys and concerns, but if you want Sarah to light a candle on your behalf, you can email her beforehand with your requests. We're doing our best. I sincerely hope we'll have the full hybrid system up and running soon. Just like last time, if you're coming in person, we'll require masks to be properly worn at all times in the building. We'll have the chairs spaced out for social distancing with a few pairs together for households who want to sit together. And we ask everyone to res respect other people's need for distance and caution if, uh, if others' attitude towards COVID safety is more cautious than your own. After the service next week, we'll have another one of our getting to know you walks, this time led by Pat. So wrap up warm, maybe bring a flask for a leisurely social amble. These are intended as an opportunity for people to get to know each other a bit better while we're still mostly online and in the hope that walking and talking outside will make it a little bit more COVID safe. Our online programme continues. We still have coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesdays. And there are still a few spaces left for Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering this week. The theme is On the Road. Even if you've never been to that before, it's never too late to give it a try. There's one tonight at seven and again on Friday. And this week we had the first session of How to Be a Unitarian, a six-part course. Um, we had 38 people from 15 congregations show up on Thursday night. If you feel sad that you missed out on that, it's not too late. You can get in touch. If you get in touch with me in the next day or so, uh, I will send you materials to catch up and then you can join us live for the remaining five sessions. The next one's on the 20th of January. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch with each other during the week, drop each other a line. Let's look out for each other as best we can. That is all of my announcements, but in a change from our usual programming, I'm gonna hand over to the chair of our congregation, John Humphreys, for a bit of an update on what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, something I hope we'll do from time to time. Oh, thank you, Jane. Yes, uh, I, my name is John Humphreys and I'm the chair of the of the Congregation and Trustees. Uh, yeah, I just won't keep you long. Just very briefly, obviously, two interesting years and it was only halfway through last year that I took over as the chair. And I really like to thank the, you know, the committee, the small committee uh, of uh, congregation members who helped to sort of uh, really keep uh, things going and We've obviously navigated, uh, you know, difficult time with, but a very smooth transfer to Jane. Thanks to Jane to Zoom services, you know, and that's been really uh, uh, so down to all her hard work. Um, hybrid services, as she mentioned, you know, they're coming and I hope to see some of you maybe at the church next week if you're comfortable with face-to-face uh, -face, uh, activities uh, in person. One of the main things that the church is, uh, is, is really doing at the moment is uh, uh, organising for Jenny Moy's replacement. Jenny has been our warden at the church for many years and um, she uh, retired at the end of, or she's on leave at the moment, but retired from active working at the end of December. So we're, the, the church is, is actively recruiting her replacement at the moment and um, and in the interim, this, the church building group, a small group of, uh, uh, of trustees are meeting regularly to, to uh, 
to, to manage the church building, you know, the hirings and uh, keeping the church going. And I would particularly want to thank Brian and Heidi for their support with that. So, yes, and then as part of that process, we're having to get uh, the flat to where the warden lives uh, completely redone. So that's another piece of work we're involved in. So there's, there is definitely quite a lot going on in the background and uh, additional help is always, you know, gratefully received, you know, to strengthen the committee and the trustees. Um, so if you're interested in that, please uh, do get in touch with me. And, uh, and yeah, and I just can't thank Jane enough for all the work she's done as our ministry coordinator you know she is our only now our only our only staff member and uh, she's worked so hard in order to maintain the spiritual uh, activities of the church um, so many many thanks jane and uh, i'll come i'll be back you know in a month or two <laughs> thanks over back over to you jane Thanks, John. And uh, yeah, John has been working his socks off since he took over. I think uh, possibly he doesn't know what's it in, but I am extremely grateful for all his hard work these last few months. Thanks, John. So time for our closing words and closing music. As always, I invite you to select gallery view at this point, if you can, so that we can all get a sense of our gathered community as we close. With faith in the creative powers of life, with hope for the future of life in this world, with love for all others who share this life with us, let us go forward together in peace, seeking justice. Our gathering ends. Let our service begin. May it be so for the greater good of all. Amen. I can see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day it's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day I think I can make it now, the pain is gone All of the bad feelings have disappeared Here is the rainbow I've been praying for It's gonna be a bright bright sunshiny day look all around there's nothing but blue skies look straight ahead there's nothing but blue skies i can see clearly now the rain is gone i can see all obstacles in my way gone are the dark clouds that had me blind it's gonna be a bright bright sunshiny day it's gonna be a bright bright sunshiny
sunshiny day It's gonna be a bright, bright sunshiny day It's gonna be a bright, bright sunshiny day